Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. The Onyx Hunt app is the premier GPS hunting app for your phone. Be able to look at public, private land boundaries and everything in between. And we're looking at different public lands. There's different types that all have their own unique set of rules. And Onyx is able to show those different types of lands, whether those are national forest land, state game lands, state forest, uh, wilderness areas, BLM, and specifically they have an additional layer just for wilderness areas. And when you turn that on, it shows those areas which are roadless areas that you have to access by foot. And they also have just a, a variety of unique rules and regulations. And this layer details of uh, the the private, federal, state, and tribal wilderness areas, as well as federal wilderness study areas. Really helps out a lot. A lot of times that means that it's some of the most remote areas. Uh, the only thing I would note is that sometimes everyone knows that that's the, the most remote areas. But anyways, wilderness area can be extremely helpful. If you want to check out the Onyx Hunt app, Use the coupon code EMW. That'll save yourself 20% off of the app, off of onxmaps.com. University of Elk Hunting. So Corey Jacobson and the Elk 101 team have put together the most comprehensive and complete resource for increasing your elk hunting knowledge, confidence, and success. So in addition to having full access to the entire course for one year, you'll have access to the UEH mobile app, which puts all the content from the online course right in the palm of your hand, anytime, anywhere, with or without cellular connection. And plus, all of UEH members receive discounts from Elk 101 partners, including 15% off elk hunting gear in the Elk 101 store. So lots of things there packed into a one-year membership. If you use the coupon code East Meets West, that'll save you 20% over at elk101.com. And last but not least, Tethered. So Tethered was evolved from a burning desire to provide quality gear and resources to the saddle hunting community. And because the community was such a small niche component of the bigger outdoor industry or hunting industry, the availability of saddle-specific gear and innovation was really lacking. So Tethered solved that problem by designing, engineering, and producing the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevating hunting gear on the planet. And these guys are just extremely passionate about it. They love just pushing the envelope in the game. And uh, they're always coming up with some new, innovative, and, and extremely safe elevated hunting products. So head over to tetherednation.com to check out their gear as well as learn for yourself about saddle hunting. All right, so I want to give a little update here. Uh, first and foremost, you'll hear Clint and I talk about it on this, this episode, but... Uh, my Alaska hunt, my caribou hunt, which is just over a month away now, is undergoing some issues due to the COVID-19. Travel is is difficult. They canceled all of our flights um, on the weekends. They're not doing any uh, flights in, into where we are flying into in Alaska. So that's incredibly difficult. So I'm trying to 
go back and forth with the air taxi to figure out what we can do. Hopefully they can adjust their dates, which is tough because they have other hunters to take in, but to be able to work with us here, but I don't know. It's just, it's really frustrating, but that's part of it when it comes to the logistical aspect of Alaska. No, it's COVID-19 normally in a pandemic, not normally a part of this, but it's just, it'll all make that adventure once it's done, you know, even more memorable. So really pumped for that to get myself, Michael and Justin up there to do that hunt and create a really badass film out of it. So pumped for that. And also, just this past weekend, I went up to the Finger Lakes in New York uh, to do a little bit of bow fishing. My friend Ethan Demi runs uh, a guide service up there for bow fishing called Refraction Guide Service. And he had an opening. I had some people cancel last minute. And and uh, me and a couple buddies, my buddy Michael was going to Alaska with me and my cousin Mason. We went up and did some bow fishing all night long on friday night and it was a blast i've been bow fishing before but i've never done it on a boat with lights and the whole thing but man it it was it was a ton of fun and uh so shot a a lot of carp and just just had a really good time it was just um just if i would highly recommend anybody's got like a bachelor party or just wanting to to go away for a night or so and do this definitely give ethan a call because that was that was like i said some of the most fun i've had in a long time but then i came back on saturday drove back down here and clint casper paid me a visit came to hang out talk to my cousin about some mule deer hunting and and uh then we decided to roll out a podcast here um, just in the morning. So this is uh, the episode here with Clint. There wasn't really a, a strong agenda to this one except for just talking about our experiences as we're both, you know, getting more experience in backcountry hunting and but really still from a, a newer perspective. You know, we're not someone that grew up doing it for 40 years you know, I've been doing it now for five years and he's been doing it for, I don't know, somewhere between seven and 10, I think. So there's a, there's a lot to, to learn from this, especially if you're new to going out West or you're, you've only done it a few times, you know, you can really get the, as this episode is titled the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to backcountry bow hunting. So hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, everything with Clint Casper is entertaining to say the least, and I uh, would recommend not listening this in your car with children in the vehicle. All right, thanks for listening, and if you would, head over to wherever you listen to this at, preferably Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, review, that helps out so much, share the podcast, really, really appreciate that. All right. Thanks, guys. Good morning, Clint. Good morning, Bo. It's happy to see you. I know. It's uh, it's great to get to see you. We're we're in person together. We are in person. 
it's not a not over Skype. I'm not looking at your pretty face across the screen. I'm, we're sitting on my couch. It's true. It feels weird because usually I'm in my truck because that's where I do my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> even though you always make fun of me for that, but it's a quiet place. It's a it, it's just it's a good spot. I like it. Yeah, I hey I, whatever whatever it takes for you. You know you gotta. But here we're in the house of Bo. Yeah, now we're here. We got the elk head on the wall here. We do. Uh, trying to you know get this done before the heat comes in and my non-air conditioned house heats up like a sauna it's actually pretty cool in here yeah it's not bad uh-uh. it's not bad at all but i'm sure when it's 95 and humid out it oh yeah, yeah i love it i love being inside <laughs> <at that point. laughs> and obviously i waited until um until like it got really hot decided i was gonna get a portable ac unit and everybody else had the same exact idea so they were all out at walmart so i bought a little box fan that i see that yeah the, the thing, alaska over there oh yeah when you when you fire that thing up it literally sounds like uh, sounds kind of like a weed eater, and it just like rattles across the floor and jumps and walks itself. It's uh, diesel powered. Oh, diesel powered. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yep. yeah. Hook it up to the generator and take her off. <clears throat> that's. I mean, that's what you have to do to, yeah. if you want a want a good fan. So it needs to be powered a little bit differently than electric. So is what it is. But anyways, <laughs> Clint. It's uh, it's been good hanging out with you. You came in to spend an evening night and uh, had some beers talk some hunting just a few one or two i think one or two um my head does not hurt right now it's uh Mine perfectly does. fine <laughs> 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 one too many bush lights i'd say yep, yep. i did stick to that i was smart I, there was an opportunity there to, to slide over to the dark side of liquor and i i, I didn't do it and I'm, yeah. I'm happy about that Sa- same here I'm happy about that yeah that's uh i was offered a couple shots and i was happy to just not do that yeah I'm smart Yep. The older I get, I'm getting a little smarter, Bo. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I uh, 100% agree with that, but anyways. This is this is my show, not yours. Don't steal my thunder. Okay. Thanks. All right, I'm done. Like I said, getting smarter as I get older. Thanks. <laughs> well, I had you on here about a month ago now, so you're kind of a frequent flyer as normal uh, coming back on the show. And um, I'll talk a little bit about what's, what's going on with Clint Casper's plans you know, with this year and, you know, is COVID kind of affecting that or what, what it's looking like for your hunts? Um, I don't think, man, God, it's such weird times we're in right now. I don't think COVID is going to affect me a whole lot. So I got, I got a Utah mule deer tag. I got a Colorado mule deer tag and I got an Idaho late season, um, archery tag. So the, I'm going to fly out, I think early, to Utah probably the second week and go help a good buddy, uh, Devin Leonard. He's got a tag. Hopefully try to help him get one killed early. I probably won't hunt till the rut on that tag, but I got, I'll turn around and go to Colorado the end of August. It opens September 1st. Um, I think it's the first, first or second. So I'll go from helping my, my buddy in Utah straight into Colorado solo and then whitetail season will start in Ohio. And then probably around Halloween, somewhere between there and Thanksgiving, I'll go back to Utah and hunt. Um, hunt my archery tag. Hunt the extended hunt. Um, that was fun last year going out there and hunting the rut. I, I honestly would rather hunt that rut than hunt the rut at home, which <laughs> it just it is what it is. The mule deer rut's a lot more fun, I think. <laughs> I, I want to experience that at some point. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. 
it's 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 fun to running just it'll be nice too when clint sends me all of his waypoints so like it's you know i I just want to make sure that i'm getting right in oh yeah i won't even send them i'll just transfer them right over i can just slide them right on just give me your onyx yeah i was gonna say yeah there's really i'll just let you log in (laughs) you'll see all my scribble scratch and be like wow look at this Well, that's good that it won't. That it doesn't seem like this is going to affect you a whole lot. You're no, pretty I'll, flexible as far as your like flying schedule. Yeah, I mean, I'll drive to Colorado and then I'll fly to. I already got my plane ticket for Utah to go out early, and then um, Idaho. I'll probably drive. Um, I'd love to fly on that one, but that's usually such a cold hunt. It is nice to have a have your truck to move. I mean, with snow and cold, you just don't know like what yeah. you're going to get into. So. I'll probably end up driving out there. So Utah will be the two, both trips to Utah, I'll fly, fly okay. right into Salt Lake. And um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, it shouldn't affect anything. I flew in Wyoming um, back in the spring. I was in Wyoming and f- um, flew back home from there. was on four planes, you know, wore the mask and seemed yeah. like it was cool. Yeah, and it worked out. I guess. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's weird. Like I, I feel like it. If you're doing hunts that you know you're not like needing to be certain times and stuff, I feel like things get can are getting get, get canceled, moved around a little bit. So if you're flexible, you're all right. And I, I hadn't talked about it on here yet because I just found out. But like my flights got canceled to Alaska for the caribou hunt because they're not flying on the weekends to this town and all this stuff. So trying to move that, but then, you know, the air taxis already got scheduled hunters coming in and out, so they can't just like move things easily. So it's been a, a a cluster trying to figure out what to do. Um, I'm sure it'll work out. You just, I just, I, you know, I kind of panicked at first. I was like, Holy shit. Like my whole Alaska hunts getting Mm -hmm. screwed up here. But, um, yeah. Cause you leave right around the same time I leave for Utah, you'll be heading to yeah, August August twenty first. Yeah, when see, I, head I'm, out I'm, I think I'm going to. out there the twentieth. So yeah, I, I thought it was right around the same time. So that's what I'm trying to to get out there. And with Justin coming to film it, he's coming back for another hunt, so he can't go any earlier. Um, he has days on the back end, but it's just it's I don't know it's it's going to be difficult, but it'll work out. It uh, it always does. So yep. But yeah, that's other than that. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, that'll be my my big big game hunt, I guess, for the year. And then just you know, you're taking what gun and bow? Uh, I don't think I'm taking my bow anymore. I no, I'm just taking a gun. Just taking a gun. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Uh, as of right now, it could change tomorrow. But uh, I, I decided I was like, if I take a gun and a bow, I'm probably end up grabbing just the gun anyways. And for me, I look at it this way: it doesn't change the experience of the hunt in Alaska because the, so I was talking to the air taxi and he said, you know, could drop you off in the middle of the tundra where there's no, no way to stalk. Or I could drop you off at the base of the mountains where you could stalk with mm-hmm. the bow. He's like, it just depends on what's going on with the migration yeah. and things along It'll those definitely lines. Definitely be a lot more versatile with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm looking at there. Um, but yeah, other than that, then, Really, it's just whitetails for me. I'm focused on Pennsylvania, and then if I could tag out somewhat early, or I'll go to Ohio, New York, something like Ohio, that. Ohio, yeah. Yeah, Ohio is definitely on the radar. I'll wait till Clint Casper is out in Utah, Idaho, and I'm going to go hunt his <laughs> <laughs> Basically. That's, yeah. That's my no, plan. No, I think that'll work good. Yep, I think that'll work good. Yeah. So 
I, uh, you know, with, with things that, you know, we're talking about travel plans and sometimes how things can go haywire and, you know, with things with traveling, having backup plans is always important, but I mean, oh, yeah. you know, the same thing kind of comes down to when you're hunting and, you know, whether it don't matter where, where you're hunting or what you're hunting, this kind of same theory applies. And, yep. and, you know, before we got on here, we were talking about your mule deer hunt last what October was it or last year yeah. when you went to Utah? Uh, yep, early uh, end of September, early October. Yeah, yeah. So like, basically, um, you know, when you go go into any area, having or just any hunt in general with everything, have a backup plan upon a backup plan upon a backup oh, yeah. plan. I don't know about you. Do you do you write anything down like when you're doing this? Like, how do you organize it? Yeah, that like I'll write it down, and then I always have like a little notepad deal on my uh, the, the little notepad app on my phone, and I try to make like a kind of a list on that too, just something I can like physically look at while I'm out there and be like, all right, so this is you know step step step. Here's what I'm thinking, but like in Utah though, I mean. Um, pretty much got my teeth kicked in every day. So my little notes and my app and all that could have been tossed out the window at 80 mile an hour because none of it mattered. And I just got my ass kicked. So it's just kind of like, yeah, those are great plans, Clint. Yep. Not. (laughs) (laughs) I was coming off my Colorado trip. um, Finally getting that buck killed and was just pumped, like super long shot and probably one of the best shots I've ever made and just, great buck and velvet and just the whole deal was awesome and then had like a full head of steam coming into utah and had all these plans and just was like oh man i'm gonna go out there and crush it and you know go hunt the front and absolutely just i mean that's the most i've ever had my teeth kicked in on a hunt my entire life i mean moved camp like six seven times had like 140 miles and eight nine days just couldn't find a mature buck to even attempt to put a stock on like i couldn't even find one i mean it's finding deer but everywhere i went everything i did it was just you know between pressure and them migrating down a little bit a lot of dark timber and they were just in those timber patches and i mean dude it was just it was rough i mean i I knew it was gonna be a tough hunt but i i was prepared for like a five or six out of ten scale on the tough and it was like a 12 yeah so yeah like i got my you know i Got in the first night, flew in. My buddy picked me up, dropped me off at the trailhead at 1230. I got up into camp at like four in the morning, set up camp, and then slept for like two hours. And then it was daylight, you know, so we're going to go glass. Well, when I went to bed, temperature was dropping. And I knew it was going to get cold, but wasn't anticipating what was coming. I woke up to like four inches of snow, and it's like, 11 degrees out and i'm like this is october i mean this should not be happening right now Mm -hmm. in utah and i'm just like well skylar and nicole richards two good friends of mine they knew i was in they was i was coming in to hunt i woke up to this text um i got on my in reach from nicole and she's like hey dude not sure when you're coming in but a huge storm just blew into where you're going to be at like really cold really snowy just giving you a heads up and i'm like I'm here. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, yep. Woke up to four inches of snow and it's 11 degrees. She's like, oh shit. I'm like, oh yeah, it got real, real quick. Yeah. In, in between that three hour window of me getting tent, my tent, everything well, set Good up. thing you got that all set up. Oh, I put my, 
my big Agnes, uh, I got a... Is it a copper spur? No, I've got the Fly Creek um, Ultralight 2. Okay. I put that thing to the ultimate ultimate test on that one. Yeah. Did it, it hold up? Held up. I mean, I've had that tent for like five years, and I've put it through some shit, and that was between the wind and the snow, and yeah, it was... That was one of those moments where I was really happy I had a, a really good sleep system in a really good tent. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't running a floorless. I was running a floor. I was just really happy about all that at that yeah. moment. <laughs> I almost took, you know, just a regular tarp and um, went floorless. And uh, I just don't think I'd have been real thrilled about that. No, I, I would imagine not. Nope, nope. nope. And that's, uh, yeah, a sleep system. Man, I know a lot of guys that skimp on like a sleeping bag. Like I... I personally run uh, Western um, Western Mountaineering bags and ultra lightweight, um, super warm. They're expensive. I mean, yeah. you feel like you just took a house loan out to buy one, and you know, it. It's one of those things where I think people try to cut corners. I would rather cut corner on my bow than cut corner on my tent, my pack, or my sleep system. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a cheaper site than have a cheaper sleeping bag. Yeah, and especially when you're because you can get away too. Yeah, like you can get away with something cheaper on your bow. Just be a little extra careful, you know. Mm -hmm. You go cheap, and a shitstorm hits like what happened to me on the very first night. Not expecting it, I was expecting twenties, and I woke up and my watch and phone and everything is saying between nine and thirteen with the wind like low single digit. I mean, like was not expect like my buddies are texting me and they're like, dude, we did not know that was. And I'm just like, someone could have possibly told me about this. Maybe like, <laughs> don't know what weather channel we were all looking at, but it wasn't, the- wasn't expected that, you know, like <laughs> God, I had like my puffy jacket, puffy pants. I mean, I pretty much lived in that the first two days. I was going to say slept in them. Yeah. That's what I do with my sleeping bag. Like my, I have a 25 degree bag mm-hmm. and I can run that colder cause I'll just sleep yep. in my puffy, yep. you know, gear and stuff. And I, I don't take my clothes off at night anyways. I just go into my sleeping bag. I've, that's too much of a pain in the ass changing out and yeah. doing all that shit. But, uh, also one thing that John Barclow brought up, I heard him talking on a podcast there in Snyder recently about sleeping pads and how important those are. And I was like the R value, yeah, the R value, value because yeah. I was you know, I was using this one that's ultra light. I have like a Cabela's, um, I can't remember. They don't make it anymore, but it's a really nice lightweight mm-hmm. setup, but it's our value of 1.3. I wonder why I was on these hunts where I was- Spring and summer max, like yeah. even early fall. You, Yeah, yeah, that's about all it's good for. Yep. So I just bought one that's at, I bought a climate one. It's a 4.5 yep. R rate. So to use yep. in Alaska and for more later season type yep. hunts. So it's, it's also not just even the- you know, having quality well, just, stuff, it's having the right tool for the trade as well. And the the sleeping pads, like I know the trend is, you know, everybody wants to count ounces and be ultra light, blah, blah. And I get that. I, I get that. But over five ounces to sleep really good on a four and a half inch thick, our value a six. Um, I got a big Agnes. I think it's a SLQ core two. It weighs five or six ounces more than your standard pad, but it's four and a half inches off the ground. Yeah. I can roll around. It's not noisy. Like I will sleep twice as good on that as I would a pad. That's half the weight, blah, 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 half the price, all that bullshit. But for me, well worth it. Cause if you're not sleeping good, 
within two, three days, you are burnt. It's over. You're oh, done. Oh, yeah. I mean, so like, and you know, everybody wants to count ounces and I, I, I fall into that, but there's some stuff where I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, that's five ounces heavier than that, but I will sleep way better on that. That's going in my bag. Oh yeah. Same thing with me. You know, I, I carry a pillow too. Yeah. I have a little climate one. Yep. Yeah. I have a, I had one of those ones and it weighs uh, like, I don't know, two, three ounces. Yeah, I'm just nothing. like, okay, I can take a pee and lose that. Yeah. So there you go. I got this Sea to Summit pillow now that it has like, it's got like this soft material on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's luxury. It weighs even more th- th- than the the climate one. But it's like, it's when you lay your head on it at the night, you're just like, oh, like this feels good. Why wouldn't you just use the hotel pillows? Because you don't really hunt in the back. I mean, you're just hotel sleeping anyway. I mean, can you, I'm trying to fool these people here. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. you. Okay, you know? copy that. Copy that. Like I was saying, your backcountry stuff. My, my, that pillow my, is important. Yeah. My hotel. I I request the hotel room pillow to make sure it's pretty lightweight. So yeah. if I if I yeah, move yeah, yeah. it from this queen bed to the other, I'm not strained. And then like the sheets are all yeah. synthetic. Um, you know, down comforter. High high quill count. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. All eight fifty filled down. Oh Jesus. Yeah. So wow. that's that's what I get. Um, in my hotel rooms. That's solid. Then you can just go up and down the mountain every day and back yeah, to the hotel. It's actually really fun, like, you know, getting a good night's sleep, but then having to get up four hours early just to get up to your spot. Yeah. And then four hours later. And you got you breakfast down. before you got to stop in and get. Yeah, you got to stop at your local whatever, diner. Local, yeah. There we go down rabbit hole again. That's solid. <laughs> All the. the uh, yeah, it amazes me how many people, though, don't. Um, they would rather, you know, cut that weight knowing that they're going to sleep like shit. And like I said, for me, there's just, yeah. Like, and, we, and we all kind of go through those periods of time of like, where you like get obsessed with that. Like, I don't know if you did, but I got obsessed oh, with yeah. the ultra light stuff for a while. And, you know, and I still am in some sorts, but I remember when I bought an ultra light freaking tent, I bought, um, what the heck was it? Nemo storm, spike storm, one person tent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw Brady Miller using it. Brady can live a little bit differently than I can. I've learned, you know, he, he is okay with the real minimalist stuff for a, sl- a tent. Uh-uh. Like this thing weighed like not even a pound, mm-hmm. but I felt like I was in a coffin and the wind blew and it was bl- blowing around, like slapping across my leg. Yep. Like, I'm like, no, like yep. this is my home when I'm out there. I want to feel safe in my home. Yep. I don't want to feel like I'm getting ready to be- get fucking blown off the mountain. Yep. Like that's, yeah. It's just, it's your own, it's your own personal preference with it, but that's just how I feel. I've ever, uh, one of the first times, um, I ever hunted with Brian Barney. For those of you who don't know, I'm really good friends with Brian. One of the first times I ever hunted with him and his good buddy, Dan Hebron, who I've got to be real close with too. And I, we were on an antelope hunt and got to this new spot and Brian's like, all right, you know, let's, let's just pack in, you know, like we don't need to go very far, but let's just kind of, you know, let's, let's get away from the truck a little bit. And then in the morning we can already sort of be like where we want to be. You know, I'm like, well, you know, it's late. It's like two in the morning. I'm like, like where, where you want to sleep, you know? And he's just like, oh, you know, we can just take our tarps and just find an elk bed somewhere and lay in that. And I'm like, don't do what? He's like, yeah, we don't need to bring, like, our tents and stuff. He's like, we're not going to, like, you know, set up a camp. Like, we're just going to get close to where we need to be. I'm like, so we're going to sleep in the dirt? He's like, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I, I mean, this is five years ago. You know, I'm just kind of getting into 
this all this western hunting stuff and like really starting to get into you know solo stuff and kind of you know yada 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 and uh i'm like so sleep in the dirt like he's like just bring your sleeping bag that's all we need and i'm like okay <laughs> so we get to this spot you know and he's just like all right this will work right here and i see dan over there like kicking out this deer bed and brian's over and i'm just like looking around i'm like this is it this is this is home this is home for that we're just gonna sleep right here huh he's like yeah good spot yep all right well see you in a few hours gonna go to bed now and i'm just like okay yep there we were that was it no sleeping pad nothing nope under the stars just popped just threw the threw our bags out and you know bright clear night wasn't gonna rain or nothing you could t- you know just whoop. woke up the next morning you know and they're all like oh man whoa slept great you know and i'm over there just like fucking ready to stab everybody my back's got <laughs> knots and i'm just like how in the hell do you guys sleep like that and they're like what do you mean and i'm like what do you mean what do i mean like so yeah i've had to kind of get you know morphed into uh kind of my own little system i've slept in the dirt but but i mean I, my body does not particularly like to do that at all yeah like doesn't like i don't think anybody should uh, dude, guys like Barney and Dan and Brady and, uh, the, you know, I mean, they can just kick out a deer bed and sleep on the side of the mountain. That's, it's fine. And, I mean, although I can do it, they enjoy that. Whereas yeah. I'm not, I haven't got to that level. I don't know if I'll ever get to that level. I don't, I don't know. I mean, things do evolve. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, my first, you know, backcountry elk hunt that I talked about before. Like, I was miserable in a lot of things with it and you know and now i'm not those things don't bother me like things that like did like just like the fact of you know not seeing people for so long like things that you didn't think would affect you normally do at that point but it's uh you know over time you kind of gain well and comfortable and uncomfortable factor Yeah. yeah just just the just the fear factor i mean you know uh i can remember being in idaho with dan on an elk hunt a few years ago and same kind of thing, you know, we, we were moving camp and we were trying to, you know, basically coyote this herd and stay with them. And, um, we decided to pretty much just leave our camp and follow the herd that night and wherever they stayed, we were going to stay. We were going to basically just sleep with them, you know, and that sounds all awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go sleep with the elk. That would be sweet. Yeah. It's all fine and dandy until you're in a fucking juniper patch and you're trying to sleep and you got shit walking all around and you, you, you ate there you know like you are sleeping right in the middle of the wilderness dan's over there just sawing logs like it's no big deal to him and there's fucking shit you know excuse my language but i'm just i'm thinking in, like out loud there i can remember there's elk and probably mule deer and and there's coyotes and i mean there's just stuff all around you walking like you don't really know what it is yeah but animal you know and i'm just like i i bet i didn't sleep 20 minutes you know Dan's over there just sawing logs like it's the greatest night of sleep he's had. He's like, oh, I love sleeping on the mountain. And I wake up the next morning, and I'm just like, what did you say? I hate you. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, God. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I, But, you know, after a few nights, then it's like you forget about all that. But, you know, the first – I remember thinking, oh, this will be awesome. Yeah, we'll sleep with the elk. That's going to be fun. Oh, I bet I didn't sleep 20 minutes that night of, like, deep sleep. No way. 
No, I, I bet. No way. Because it's just out of my element. Like, yeah. you, you know, we don't do that. Like, you're not going to go sleep with the deer in Ohio. Like, I'll go hang up in my saddle and sleep overnight and be ready. Me too. Should we Me do too. that this year? No, because I don't like saddles and I've made that very well. Known. Yeah, well, you don't. I think okay. you're an idiot. Well, tree stand. <laughs> we'll, we'll strap you into the tree stand yeah. a whole bunch. Put a ratchet strap around me to where there's no way I can fall out. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. That would work. We could get you all. Uh, all right, I'm I'm th- I'm thinking of it in my head right now. It'd be a cool test. We're we're It'd gonna be a new tactic. East meets west. We're we're taking western tactics, applying it to whitetails. Yep, and that's a hot new one. You just ratchet strap yourself to the tree, and then stay the, tuned in, for the November issue yep. of Peterson's Bowhunting yep. Magazine. Oh, Christian's gonna, gonna be so excited. I can't wait to pitch this to Christian. Yep, like me neither. When he's supposed to get this article about uh, lightweight mobile hunting gear, and I turned it's it gonna be about a, ratchet strap about ratchet, to a tree about sleeping in a tree stand. Yep. Yep. No, He's going to tell us we drink too much again. Again. Again was the keyword. But. Again. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> but no, that, uh, yeah, just being like, I can think of an example right now of me going to Alaska. It's my first time, oh, yeah. you know, sleeping in, well, I slept in Grizz Country before, but I was kind of, I was in like a yard. So I slept in Heather mm-hmm. Kelly's yard when we were up there for a trip. But like, yeah, this is, this is different. This is a grizzly bear yard. This is like yeah. you're in their yard. <laughs> yeah. The Grizzlies own this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. So that's kind of like in, you know, wolves and just different things make it a little bit more well, that's unnerving. What, uh brown bears up there, right? Uh no, these are Grizz. Grizz up there. Grizz in here. You know. I mean Grizz are kind of pussies compared to brown bears, but Yeah, 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 yeah. You could fight off a Grizz. I'm I sure. better watch what I say because <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, you could you know <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. Karma Karma. <laughs> yeah. Is not a fan of You're me. heading right into the heart of it all. I here know. you are called a pussy. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I did, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just fucking ripping on my arm. <laughs> yeah. Are you taking a sidearm with you? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about just taking bear spray. Because if I have a rifle. I'll be honest. I like the bear spray method. That's my. That's what I think I'm going to do. Everyone's always like, oh, it's stupid. And I'm like. And I was one of the ones that would have called you stupid. Yeah. But after like really looking into it. Yeah. And. My yeah. brother, my brother's, you know, really into guns and doing stuff and always practice stuff. I don't practice a ton with doing that. He's like, Bo, you're best. If something's charging at you and you have a quick, you know, you're better off pulling a bear spray out and having to be able to spray than trying to precisely put this 44 Magnum shell into the skull. Well, this is how I've explained it to people, how I look at it. If someone comes at you and is yelling and screaming, I'm going to murder you or I'm going to rape you. And you've got two seconds. You can either pull a pin and toss a grenade or you pull out your 45 and you've got to make that first shot. Like you're going to have enough time to probably shoot one round. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm going to pull the grenade because I know for a fact, like I'm stopping the threat. hundred percent might not kill it, but I'm going to stop it. Yeah. I'm going to give myself a chance. The gun thing. Yeah, if you're that good to where you can pull that thing out in a second and a half, aim it as a fucking grizzly bear's charging you, hit it between the eyes, go for it. Hey, if you can do that, hats off to you. And then duck down as it tramples over top yeah, of you. I'm not taking that. I'm I'm not. Yeah. You know. And, and yeah, it, like it, I've hunted in you know Idaho and Montana and Wyoming and and you know you're in grizz country and it's like I see how quick a situation could arise. I'll be the first to say there's no way I'm trusting in myself to pull a gun. No way. Yeah. Like that bear spray, as long as I can get it out and make a one movement of eight inches to make a spray 
Am I killing the bear? No. Is it for sure going to stop the bear? Maybe, maybe not. But at least my chance is there. Yeah. The gun thing, you might not even get it out of the holster, dude. Yeah. I mean, so then what? And it's tough to be able to... So I'm looking at... All right. A gun big enough to shoot... Um, a grizzly bear or actually make an impact. You know, my 40 that I normally carry for black bears is not going, all it's going to do is laugh and piss him off. Probably. So yeah. I'm going to carry my 44 Magnum. scares him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to carry my 44 Magnum. I have no good way of holstering that to carry it on me at all times. Mm-hmm. Like I know they make ones that go underneath your bino harness. They make ones that, you know, I had, I usually run one on my pack, but if you don't have your pack on, there's, there's just like yeah. so many different things. Yep. And I'm like, it's just this isn't making sense. So I'm actually I think I'm gonna put I have a, a Mystery Ranch bear holster bear spray holster I bought years ago because it's on sale and I bought that and that new um, Sika Bino harness. I think I'm gonna try that out and it's got where you can put the Molly webbing attachment on there. So I might run the bear spray you know right there on my chest, um, probably point it towards me so that like you know I just I freak out and I hit it and then I squirt myself in the eyes. But look at this way though, if you do that, you won't see it. You wouldn't see the bear coming anymore. You're right. I'd be like, ah, my eye. And then yeah. you just, you're done. And then as you're getting mauled to death, but still, you'd be like, I didn't see it, though. That's very true. Didn't see it. So, like, the... Always pulling out the positive and things. Well, you got to look at it like that. I mean, that would be... Well, you know, and honestly, maybe you're screaming, like, as you hit yourself with it. it that might scare the bear. He might feel sorry for you. He'd be like, what a dumbass. I'm not even going <laughs> to fuck with you, dude. Yeah. Like, just what an idiot. Pennsylvania guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Typical idiot. Doesn't hunt on Sunday. Yep. PA boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. When I got charged by that black bear uh, about a week ago, I got charged and I was I drew my pistol and I had it on her. I did it good, you know, so I felt confident. When was that? I didn't tell you about that. No. Oh, well, yeah. I got. I was checking trail cameras, mm-hmm. and I was coming through this thick stuff. I'm like, this. I, I saw a mother and cubs earlier in the day, and I was coming Ooh. back through the area, and also I hear like this loud roar. Oh and shit! Ru- come rushing, so I drew my pistol, pulled it out, and she came rushing about I don't know ten yards or so, and I'm screaming at her, and she stops and gets up on her hind legs. And and I'm just holding that pistol right on her. Just, oh, and she gets down, starts walking away, and then comes rushing again. And so I do the same thing. And did, then, you ever, did you fire one? Just no. Just to I just no. sound. No. No, I didn't. Yeah, I just I I don't know. I I was just holding it on her because I was like, if she gets any closer, I'm gonna have to shoot her, and I didn't want to. So I'm screaming at her. Doesn't a little little baby cub decide? I'm gonna run right past Bo. Runs right up the tree, right up. And so the cubs here, Mama's here. I gotta go past the cub. I was gonna say, I'm yeah, like, you're. <laughs> Someone's like backing away, you know, talking to her, and she followed me for probably seventy five yards or so, and then just let me alone. But it was that was like that's a hundred twenty pound black bear. Yeah. Think about a thousand pound grid <gasps> yeah. coming through the head, oh, a uh, head that's the size of, you know, my TV screen. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know about that. Oh, damn. Yeah. That was, it was nuts. But, um, so what I, the, the whole point of that story was I can, I'm actually really good marksman with the pistol. So yeah, yeah, I can do it with the grizz. I, I agree. So yeah. your, your points are invalid. No, no, I think that's I think that's good though. Um, again, I'm not an expert in that, but for me personally, I think the bear spray is the right, right route yeah. for for this situation. Brian got charged uh, this year by Grizz. Um, no, two years ago, he shot. 
shot his black bear, shot it with a bow, and it come right at him. I mean, running right down the trail he was standing on. Pulled his pistol out. He shot like eight or nine times. I think he hit it twice. And Brian's pretty fucking solid with pistol. Yeah. And he's like, that right there showed me that I either need to shoot a lot more or I need to carry bear spray. Because he's like, I was missing a bear at point blank range. He's like, that's a big target. He's like, I wasn't hitting it anywhere. I was was it a grizz or a black bear? Black bear. Okay. So he doesn't know if the bear charged him or just he was in the line of path. Mm-hmm. But either way, it was going to literally run him over. And he's like, I didn't know if the bear was pissed off at me and wanted to kill me or was just trying to get the hell out of there. And I was just going to be in its way. But regardless, he's like, I dropped my bow, grabbed my pistol, took one step off the trail. And and he's like, I hit. shot. He emptied his gun. And he hit it once or twice. Point wow. blank. And he's a guy that hunts out west that's always kind of prepared to have to pull spray, pull. You know, he's been charged. He's been bluff charged. I mean, you know, he's had grizzlies charged. I mean, you know, he's he's been in that situation. Not like us. Yeah. Like, like he's like he's comfortable being in that moment and still and still had trouble. Yeah. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. I don't want to have that encounter with a grizzly. Uh, you know. Even black bear, I don't even want to have that. No, it it kind of because I I've become really lax with black bears around here. Mm-hmm. Probably not for good reason, but I just never had an issue with them. I've seen them. I've, you know, they've followed my scent drag into the tree stand before and stuff, but never gave me a real threat of any sort. And that was kind of like, all right, I got to make sure I still respect respect oh, yeah. them. You know, just like you would anything else. But yep. and especially with cubs, which I knew that, and I was like, shit. Don't I, I remember. Uh, it's been three springs ago Brian and I were in Montana spring bear hunting and we walked up on a sow grizz and two cubs dead asleep like within like a hundred yards like turn this corner and boom they were there and I mean it was probably like the most intense 15 minutes of my life because Brian was like dead see I mean every move we made was like so crucial because we had to get the fuck out of there like right now and the wind was quartering and brian's like if she smells us he's like this is gonna get ugly like she is gonna immediately charge like if she catches our wind Mm -hmm. she is gonna wake up and flip shit and so we got way out of there circled way around to like avoid them but like i remember like I mean, you know, we're, we're just walking, laughing, you know, whatever. And, and he was in front of me and, like, stopped and gave me, like, the hose sign from, like, behind. And, like, I could just tell from his body posture, like, something bad had just took place, but I didn't know what. And he I, he kept, like, giving me, like, the two sign, and then he gave me the three. And I'm like, what? And he's like, there's a sow grizz with two cubs right there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's like, do not make a move he's like you listen do exactly what i tell you to do so we started just backing up backing up and we're checking the wind checking the wind checking the wind and he's like we have got to get the fuck out of here like right now immediately get there but like you, you got to like make a, a plan to get out of there yeah, you can't yeah. just go decide you're just going to take off because if you wake her up or she catches you know and the wind was the biggest thing like we were so close to that wind cutting her and like oh like 
But yeah, like you just don't prepare for shit like that. And then when it happens, you really respect, like you're like, oh man, that was. Yeah. And, and yeah, it makes you, you got to think clearly in those oh. situations is, you know, yeah. like, I mean, with the comes with anything, but like you get to a stressful situation. It's like, yep. all right, try, you try to take the emotion out of it and think oh. as clear as possible, but that's uh, yeah. way easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone wants to romanticize like, oh it's cool to see grizzly. It's cool to see bear. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't want to see grizzlies. I don't ever want to see them actually. Yeah. That's why I would have a grizzly tag for some odd reason. I don't want to see one. Never. Like it's just <laughs> something I don't want to see. I'm yeah. cool without not seeing those. Yeah. That's kind of my thing too with, uh, with mountain lions. Mountain lions are like my favorite animal. I don't know. They just like, they're see, like, I don't worry about them because you'll never know you're going to get hunted anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, but that was one thing when I first started going out West, I was kind of freaked out about. Oh yeah. Like, Mountain lions, I don't know what it is, but I love them. Like, I think they're the coolest thing ever. Like, I see the power of a house cat when it rips my arm up when I'm yeah. like playing with it. This thing's like, you know, 30 times the size of that just yeah. coming at you. And, and I, I've, I've run into cougar tracks. I've found tracks that were in my boot print in Colorado the one year. The spot I was taking a nap at. And like things that made me feel, oh, yeah. you know. But you're right. Is it hunting me? Is it just trying to figure out what I am? Yeah. Or did it just happen across you here later in the day? You know, but. When I killed my cat in New Mexico all those years ago, I can remember skinning it out. And I mean, they are pure muscle. I mean, there is no fat on them. I mean, it is just a block of muscle. Like one of the most crazy I would say it's, it's it probably is like the craziest thing I've ever actually looked at as far as like animal wise was with that cat completely skinned. Like I remember just being like, no wonder they can take a mule deer up a fucking tree. Yeah. I mean their whole body, everything tend to, I mean, it is just, they're just a brick of muscle and it all is just working together in one unit and like how they use that long tail. I mean, they just, just, just the leverage game that they have, like the way they're built. I mean, I, people ask me all the time, aren't you worried about bears, wolves, bears, wolves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lions? No. People are like, how the hell are you not? I'm like, cause I'll never know it. If a lion decides it's going to hunt me, I will never know what happened. You'll never know it's there. It's going to jump on your back. And in half a second, it's over done. Like you won't even know what took place. I'm like, so I don't even worry about it. I mean, like I yeah. do, but like yeah, realistically, yeah, yeah. it's not worth because yeah. nothing you can do about it. No, anyways. absolutely not. A wolf. I would take my chances any day with wolves and bears yeah. over a lion because if a lion decides that guy, that that lion's walking through the woods, say, yeah. ah, I'm gonna kill that son of a bitch today. Yeah. He will. Oh, that's it. It's over. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if he picks you out of the crowd, he's like, yep. The idiot over there with the East meets South or East meets North, whatever the hell's podcast is called. That's 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 it. That's lunch today. It's over, and you'll never know it. Like yeah. the way they hunt, you would never know, never know. So I'm just like, eh. Do I worry about it? Yeah, but honestly, I don't because I'm just like I won't even know it anyway. Not like a bear, you'll probably hear it, see it. Like oh shit, mountain lion. Nah, you're probably gonna be bent over doing something or walking, and it just that's it. It's over. <laughs> done your neck is snapped everything's over it's over it's over if you go like that if that's how i'm gonna go i guess that's how i'm gonna go i mean yeah you know i guess it'd be a cool story maybe you could write about it pitch that idea to christian yeah we could we could do that yeah but okay so 
you know, mountain lions, you know, you said that you don't worry about them because of that for good reason. But like wolves, what are, what are your like opinions on them? Have you ever had any, like any encounters Idaho. with them? Did yeah. you? In Idaho I have. Um, I mean, wolves are scary because of the, there's never just one. Yeah. So like when I hunted, um, God, when was that? 2009, I think, um, up in, northern tip of uh saskatchewan canada for bears in the fall um i had those big ass timber wolves around me all the time and it was kind of one of them deals where i got sort of used to being around them after a few days but i mean it was still a really eerie feeling but i watched i watched five wolves hunt this cow moose and this calf one day and this is whenever I really kind of was like, wow, that's, that's freaky. So this cow, she took her calf out to this little peninsula, swam out to it. And she had been there for like a day and she was living over there. And she took this calf out there trying to get away from those wolves. Well, the wolves figured out. She went over there. I watched three wolves swim out, get on that peninsula, and the other two go to the other side. It was like an orchestrated deer drive. Those three went through the water got up on that little peninsula and you could see him like going across like this little, like, you know, the, the way that peninsula laid, it was kind of like a hillside. And then, um, it flattened out at the bottom, but there's water like all around it, you know? So they basically just drove her off that hillside down into the bottom and into the water. And as soon as that calf hit the water, as soon as that calf hit the water, all five killed it in the water and drug it off the drug to shore. Like wow. they knew she was there yeah. and they knew if there was two or three of them coming in from one side, the other two or three, she would wind and that would make them go. Like they knew yeah, their wind chances. Them. <laughs> yep, they knew that their chances was they needed to get her in Those the water. Those wolves are from Pennsylvania, professional and deer drives. I think so. I think so. And it wasn't a Sunday. So it, it was legal. Wow. Yep. It was a Saturday actually. Cause I'd have turned them in. I'd been like, ah, ah you can't do this shit back home in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so stop, 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 halt. Hold on. Hold on. You got to wait. Where's your orange? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I watched that and I remember being like, wow. That's insane. Like they, they probably couldn't find her for a day or two and then realized she went out there, yeah. took that calf and they knew, okay, we got to get her and this calf sort of separated and we need to get them in the water. Our chances are way better. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what they did. That's crazy. Yep. I, um, I have a wolf tag for... Alaska. Oh, I'm going up ass. there, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But yeah. like, wolves fascinate me. I oh, think they're yeah. like the coolest. Like, but like, yeah. I, I I don't know. There's a lot of political things that go in with wolves, but like, I just looking at them, they're just they seem like such a cool animal. But at the same point, I'm not ever going to be like, I want to hunt with wolves. Yeah, I want to no. hunt around wolves. Mm -mm. No, I. No. You know, and Idaho was the first time I hunted a place that had wolves, and the locals, when I shot my bull, one guy pulled in. He's been hunting this area for like 50 years. He's like, you using that bugle tube there? I said, yeah. He's like, expect for a mountain lion or wolf to come in and attack you. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, and then he pulls out his picture book, and uh, yeah. He's killed mountain lions that he called into sets with his bow and uh, wolves, everything. Like, oh, no I'm shit. like, man, this guy was actually, but I mean, probably not every time you pull this out, it's one of these animals going right, to appear right, and attack. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, right. I, I got what he was saying. Like, right. it's a real thing, which yeah. is kind of crazy. 
So I just go up there and I cow call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that lion. Lion. <laughs> this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and there was also, when we were there, um, the game commission was riding up and down the road and they were trying to look for this lion that was tracking these people that were um, packing out an elk. They turned around and saw the eyes behind them and it kept following them. They couldn't oh, get it shit. away. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. crazy. They're trying to track down that lion. But that lion was just messing with him. He could have had them killed ten times over. Oh, 100%. Yeah, if he would have, if he wanted that elk yeah. or he wanted them, it would have been over. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, we're talking about this, but I never hear anybody talk about the predator aspect and, like, how you feel with it because I feel like everyone's, like, wants to, like, act like, you know, I'm too tough. Like, that doesn't yeah. – No, I'll be the first to admit, like, that shit's yeah. real and that shit's scary. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And the other thing, like – so another thing that – I don't know how you feel about this, but bothers me a little bit in the backcountry, especially the high country or some of the storms, the lightning storms. Oh, that's my worst. Yeah. I don't like lightning. Yeah. <laughs> and in Colorado, and, you, yeah. and I'm a high country. Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. I get it. And I hunt one of the most electric states every year, which is Colorado. Yeah. At 13, 5, 14,000 feet. You get shish kebobbed up there. It's, you're fried. I mean, if it even hits close to you, you're fried. I mean, mm-hmm. I've rode so many storms out by myself, hunkered down behind a boulder or something because I didn't get down to timber. I mean, I've got to the point now where I watch the weather really close and midday, I just, uh, I've already got a game plan of when I see clouds rolling because every day you're going to have one come through. Oh yeah. So, and now I'm just at the point where it's like, I know to prepare for them, but it's really honestly one of those things where, um, it's a fear that's never going to leave my mind, but I've like prepared for it. And I've like been in the situation, you know, to where I'm like, all right, I know what to do. Like I've been here before, but it, in plain words, it's still no fucking fun. No, I mean, it doesn't get any more. It doesn't like, it doesn't get fun at any point. And you probably um, look at like your camp setups and things like that to try to make it better. Or don't you? Yeah. Like, I mean, I would love to camp, up on ridge lines and saddles and stuff where I'm going to glass and be able to basically get out of my camp in the morning, take a piss, make some coffee and be like, yep, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to glass. This is where, but dude, you're just asking for like, I, I did that one year, one night I had to literally pack my camp up in the middle of the night and get down to timber because the storm was so bad. And that was like, basically, I think I was a God being like, all right, let's, let me show you why you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then this is why you're never going to do this again. I mean, I was scared shitless. Like I'm yeah. packing my stuff up at 2 a.m. in the middle. You know, I'm diving down into the timber, just hunkering down, like in blowdowns, trying to ride this shit out. And I'm just like, never again. Like never. It does suck having to like climb, you know, 800 feet right off the rip in the morning and have to make a big push. But honestly, like it's yeah, way better. The risk, than, the risk versus reward. Yeah. On that. Like, yeah. That's, that's, I see a lot of guys do it. I see a I know, lot I see, of guys camp up on that. I I'm can't tell like, if people are doing that just for the the photos to make uh, it look cool, or if that's just how they camp. But man, that yeah, is it not, looks cool until you get barbecued in your tent one night. I don't like that. And then the winds howling, and you have no nothing that's protecting you from it. Which in the timber, there's so many down trees. I'm like, one of these is gonna land on my tent one of these times. Yeah. But but still, I feel more comfortable if I'm kind of tucked in somewhere. And even like, say, just over, like on a on a bench over. Like I, I know, like when I would be hunting elk, 
um, I was I was camping up towards tree line mm-hmm. and the the valley that i was finding them in i was planning on hunting was on the other side i just camped on the other side of the ridge yep. you know just down yep. over um and that seemed to work i don't like being in tight to where animals know i'm camping right there either like yeah. i don't i'm not a big fan of that i mean i don't you know um i think with elk you can kind of follow the herd and get in the timber a little bit but like mule deer like i don't i don't like being right in a basin that I'm going to hunt them in, like to where like my, my tent's visible. Like they know I'm in there. Like I just, that's, I just, I don't like doing that, but yeah. I see a lot of people. Oh my God. I had to cringe last year I, I or two years ago. I watched this guy and his probably like his son or a nephew or something. Like I was glassing midday trying to turn up this buck here comes these two guys right in the center of the basin, set up their camp. Just, I mean, right in a rock patch that these bucks had been feeding in. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like th- out of all the places right there is where that's where you guys think we need to camp. And then they glassed <laughs> basically right from camp. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all, glassing up. Like- yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, just the whole entire setup was screwed. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. But they blew every deer out of that basin, and I ran into them later on that week, and they were really frustrated. Like they're just like, "Oh man, we can't find any deer." And I didn't have the heart to tell them. I didn't want to sound like a dick, but I wanted to be like, "Well, you know, if you guys wouldn't have set up your home right where all those deer were living, we would definitely be into deer right now." But you guys, for whatever reason, decided to go right there and set up shop. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I mean, like, I get it. Like, it's, it is tough. Know. Like, as far as knowing what to do, you know, you're as right. far as like, but until you know, do it, yeah. you know, if you're inexperienced, yeah. right. you don't know that's where That's why I honestly camp. didn't even like, you know, I, I didn't want to be that guy. And I'm just like, you know, they're going to, I'm sure they figured it out. Like, yeah. But I didn't want to be like the asshole on the mountain, you know, but honestly, like, I'm just like, I hope you guys paid attention to what happened here. Cause they're like, man, we were in here back in the summer. There was bucks everywhere. And I'm like, uh huh. Yeah, they were bucks everywhere up until uh, two days ago. You guys put two and two together. Why are they not here now? Well, maybe it's because you set up shop right in their fucking house. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yep. They're down there midday talk. You know, they'd like go back to camp and they're talking and they're, you know, and, and I mean, they are right in the center where all these deer were living. And I'm just like, oh, I mean, not even does. I mean, absolutely every deer off that face just gone. And I'm like, oh, yep, there went that. So, but yeah, no, I mean, at least they weren't up on the ridgeline. I mean, they weren't going to get barbecued, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you want to try to find that happy medium where you're safe, but yet you're not right in the middle of where game is. I mean, I try to do that. I try to get close to water if I can. I like, I like being close to water. Um, some of that high country stuff, those rough, like Utah and Idaho can be notorious for like hard to find water, you know, Colorado, there's water everywhere, mm-hmm. but Utah can be rough. Some of them units, I mean, it is, you're dropping 2,000 feet to get down to water and back. Like, that's a whole day. Yeah, and, that's get, and it takes all your water to get back. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, you're, you know, a lot of those guys out there stash water all throughout the summer. Really? Yep. A lot of people that I'm friends with out in Utah, they'll, they'll run water and bury it. Yep. Wow. That way, whenever they've got their, you know, their camps. Yep. I, I know guys that bury their camps. They'll, yeah. they'll tear everything down, tarp it, tape it. Dig a hole, bury it, cover it, come back next year. Never leaves a mountain. Huh. Yep. Because it's just 
you know, once it's there, it's there. You know, they don't yeah. they don't want to have to drag it up, drag it down, drag it up. You know, but the water thing, man, that's like a real like it was. There was a couple times last year I was getting pretty scarce on water, and I had to drop down. And that's you can't live without water. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's like that's like that's bit. like Nevada. Some of the units in Nevada, there is no water. I mean, you. you How can't, do the deer and stuff live in that? I mean, they get water, you know, from vegetation and different things, and I'm sure they know where there's some little seeps yeah. here and there, but. I know Brian has told a story before he killed a buck that was, oh, I want to say it was like 16, 17 miles from his truck. He just kept going and going and he got so far back to get away from people. There was like a hundred people at the trailhead opening weekend and he was just like, oh my gosh. So he just kept going. And once he got to like mile eight or 10, it dropped way down to like a few people he got another couple miles and there's nobody because no one could find water and you're not going to continually walk 15 miles a day to go in and go out. Yeah. Well, he found some little seep coming off one of these, uh, uh, rim rocks of, uh, it was like a big, like a band a, of like, a big, like a cliff band, I guess you would call it. He found a seep back there. And so he was able to live off that. He was able to funnel it. And, you know, I mean, it was, oh like, it was a process, but he was able to stay back there for like eight, nine days and killed a freaking mega giant, um, you know, doing that. But I mean, he, you know, he was at the point where he had to find water or go back. You know, there was no stretching it another day. Like he had to find water and lucked out and got water. And then he was able to like, you know, base camp from there and then hunt from right around there. But there was nobody back there and there was a ton of deer because... Ain't nobody back there. I mean, you can't live 15, 16 miles back without water. But yeah, he was at the point of where if he wouldn't have found water, he would have had to have started heading back towards the truck as far as like, to, you know, because there was water at points around there, but that's why there was also a ton of people. Yeah. Oh, uh, that makes sense. That that would be, I would be nuts. I would really be stressed out if I oh, yeah. couldn't find water oh, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He had like, I mean, I forget. He probably had a hundred ounces in his, you know, one of his bottles, his couple bottles, and black. I mean, you know, like he, he was able to get water, but the further and further he got, the more scarce it became. And he got to a point where he was five, six miles from water, and he knew, okay, at this point, I've either got to go back where I was coming from because I know there's water, or I got to find water. And he lucked out and found water. So he was able to stay, but if he wouldn't have found water, oh no, he said he was down to like a water bottle, you know. So <sighs> you're talking one day at best. Yeah, and that's being dehydrated, and that's dehydrate. Yeah, exactly. That's just living, it's yep. surviving at that point. Yep. Like, and, and those these things that we're talking about here, like the the points that you don't hear a lot about, you know, backcountry mm-hmm. hunting because it does get romanticized, and we do. Oh, it, it does. Yep. And yep. and it's not that. It's not that these things should deter anybody no, from no, backcountry hunting, but it's real, yep. and you need to be prepared for it or be thinking about it. Backcountry hunting is basically surviving in the wilderness. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to, and it gets romanticized because the pictures are cool, the stuff's cool, but like, I mean, ninety nine percent of it is, I mean, you know, it's a legit struggle. I mean, yeah. to, to live back there, you know, now. I could think of worse things to be struggling with or for like hundred percent, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it does get romanticized and I do try to say that a lot. Like, you know, 
I love the backcountry and love to hunt it, and you know, it's all I think about throughout the year. But, but I like the grind. I like the the mental toughness factor. Like, you know, I I don't want to romanticize that it's this like fun fairy tale land constantly because it's not. Yeah, it really isn't. Like, you you got to really like that kind of hunting to get enjoyment out of it. Like, say, like I do. Like, I love that kind of hunting. You know. So, but someone that doesn't like that mental grind constantly would absolutely hate that style of hunting. I mean, they would do it two, three days and be like, how in the hell does anybody like this? Like, this is no fun at all. I mean, so, you know, you don't knock it until you try it, I guess. But at the same time, you also don't want to romanticize and say that you love it before you go do it because like, you know, (laughs) yeah, I always tell people there's no, there's no medium ground. You go on a solo or even on a solo, just let's just say it's you and two buddies. You go on a backcountry wilderness hunt. One of those three is probably going to hate it and the other two might love it. But like, there's usually not a middle ground. It's usually like, you're either going to love it mm-hmm. or you're going to absolutely effing hate it. Like there is no, oh, that wasn't bad. No, it's either, oh my God, greatest thing I've ever done in my life or, oh my God, Bo, if you ever ask me to come on this again, I'm going to punch you in the teeth. Yeah. What's one way or the other? Like, that's, yeah, that's very true. But you like don't know until you, until you try it. Yeah. And, and, you, and you have to try it. And, and the, the solo thing's the same. I, you know, I, I get asked about that all the time and I'm like, you, I can't tell you if you're going to like it or not like it. I can't tell you how you're going to feel about it. Every person's different. Like you just got to do it. You might love it. You might absolutely hate it there again. It's going to go one way or the other. Like there, there will be no middle. It won't be, oh, it wasn't bad. I mean, by myself, eight days, eh, it was all right. No. It's either going to be that was absolutely misery. I'd rather been in jail or coolest fucking thing I've ever done. I mean, it guaranteed it. It's going to be one extreme or the other. Yeah, that's that's so true. And, and like you said, you just have to try it. And yeah, that's all you can do. There's a middle ground, I I believe, for um, the level that you go to it. Like, say, your first backcountry hunt, you don't need to pack in 10 miles. You might just pack in a couple miles just to try it out, you know, to go through it. And you'll get the same sort of experience from it Oh yeah. Um, as far as – being able to see how you're doing things. If you're too close and you go back to the truck for everything, then that's a little bit different. But, yeah, I mean, I would um, just, you know. But it, it's like. It's, don't only go in 200 yards and say. Yeah. Oh, Backcountry hunting. <laughs> like, I mean, realistically, yeah, you can yeah. see your truck. Like, hey, bro, I see your red truck right there. Yeah. Uh, I'll get a little deeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, like, like the thing, water was huge for me. Like, oh, I, I, it, it sucked at first. I remember being out there and be, not at first. It still sucks. But like, if you're camped up on this ridge and I'm dropping even eight, nine hundred feet oh. dropping out, sucks. When you're like, I'm going to make dinner. I'm like, I don't have enough water. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yep. Down and back. Down and back. And I'll always tell you one thing. I talked about this on a podcast at Barklow a couple months ago. Always take your rain gear with you, even if you're just going for a short water run. Oh, yeah. I get down there. Here comes hailstorm. Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah, I'm yep. soaked trying to get yep. up over the hill. I typically just take my pack Yeah, for everything because I've always got you know, my heel kit in there. I've always got my little emergency kit in there. Like Realistically, if I need to, something bad's going to take place, that pack's got something in there to help me. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't even. I don't like dropping my pack until I know for a fact like it's go time. Like I don't like not having it with me. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like guys will drop it and go chase elk for three miles. Ah, I'm not that guy. I, I want. I don't. I don't. I'm only gonna drop it when I think. Okay, now's. Oh, like, I've dropped my pack before and couldn't find. Oh, it. I've done that. Oh yeah, 
And that's, there is no worse feeling. It's your lifeline. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do without it? One of the first bulls I ever chased, I, uh, my brother was with me and I heard the bull there and I just took off running. I dropped my pack. <laughs> I ran right out. Okay. I dropped my pack. I threw my bugle tube. What's your plan? I bro? threw my bugle tube. What's your I plan? I needed that. Bull rush it. <laughs> just bull rush. I'll run. I got, I got real close. I got there. All of a sudden I stopped and they're, they're right there. Yeah. They're right, the cow's looking at me like, yeah, 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 idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's your pack, bro? <laughs> I'm like, <"Ugh."> <laughs> <laughs> and my brother's like picking up my bugle tube and stuff on the way back. I'm like, I can't find my pack. And I had a Kafaru uh, Reckoning and Ranger Green, so it blends in with everything oh, in yeah. the Dark Timber. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just lost my Kafaru. Um. See, <laughs> what I've been doing now is um, I'll mark it. So like, well, right now I'm running the uh, the new um, Tactical Instinct from Garmin. You can drop. You know, like you can set like a point or a waypoint or like drop a pin. So like either on Onyx or on my watch, a lot of times on my watch, it's just, I can just do it real quick. Boom. If I drop it, I'll set that and then I can track back to it via my watch. Yeah. Or you could put it on Onyx or whatever you want to do. But I mean. Onyx and taking a picture works really well. Yeah. So you can see what the surroundings look like. I've, I've tried to get really good at like remembering to do this. And like last year, I was just going off my Garmin and I was just like pinging it on like a spot where I could track back to my pack if I needed to. But yeah, another step would be uh, take it to the next extreme and take a picture or put it on your watch and your phone on your Onyx. And then like you're for sure like you're in good shape because spending two hours walking around trying to find your pack looking like an absolute idiot is no fun. No. Zero fun. And I've been there. Most people that have hunted out west have been there, even if they don't want to admit that. Like, I know guys that have spent half a day. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would that'd suck if you really just couldn't find it. Oh yeah. You don't. I mean, yeah. I was gonna say like, it's what. What are you gonna do now? I mean, everything I need basically is in that. Yeah. It'd be like losing your boots, your pack, and your boots, and your weapon. I I know a guy that ha- walked back to his truck nine miles with no boots. Why? Took them off. That's something else I don't do. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't lose my shoes. I. It's not my jam. No. Oh, for like a stock or something nope. to be quiet. Oh, I mean that's what that's what that person did. Yep. Yep. I run. You know, I really like um, the super super lightweight, almost like a tennis shoe type boot for elk and mule deer. Later on in the season, you're obviously not taking your boots off in October and November, but like early on. I I I want to run a super light like I run those crispy thors pretty much all year in the early season and they're like a tennis shoe damn near and I can feel really good they're really quiet they're really light yeah I'm not a fan of the and I mean I know there's people out there that would be like oh my god you're an idiot you need to take your shoes off I I don't I don't I don't, I don't want to do that yeah. I don't like to do that um you know your feet are kind of your lifeline like you cut your foot on a you know, a piece of scree or sharp, you know, cactus, or, you know, if you mess your foot up because you don't have a boot on, your hunt is over. I mean, if you were, you know, and I just, I mean, I just, I don't like, I'm just not, a, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like taking my boots off. Yeah. I think that's. And then like, if you lose them, then what? You know, you're 10 miles deep in Colorado oh, and you lose your boots. Can you imagine how painful that would that's be? That's what I'm saying. What, what now? Like. Cry. Yeah, exactly. Just pray. pray. Just sit down and cry. <laughs> God, can you drop me a new pair of crispy Thors? Just drop them out of the sky. 
<laughs> I don't care if they're orange or green. I don't care what color. Just drop here, them. Here comes this guy just walking off the mountain to you and just drops a pair of boots off. Yeah, he's, he's going. These are yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I just, I, yeah. Dropping the pack, dropping the boots, man. I'm not, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. Cause that's just one more thing of like shit. Man, talking about this really has me wanting to do a, you know, a backpack hunt for elk or something mm-hmm. again. Like I, this year I won't be doing, which I cannot be complaining. I'm going to Alaska and getting dropped off in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. That's its own experience. But oh, yeah. I love that type, uh, you know, of, of hunting and just that experience. And yep. these stories the talking unknown. about them again. Yeah, it's like, the unknown. Especially in, if you're with good people or, oh, you like doing it solo. But like, yep. I, I've also enjoyed it if you're with the right people mm-hmm. that like, my brother, when we're together, it's funny because whenever we're like in something that's painful or like it really sucks, mm-hmm. we just like we laugh about it. Like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I love doing this. I love yeah, right. having to climb all the way back up yeah. when I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, and we laugh about it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and, and that's what my knees feel really good right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they're all bruised. Yeah. I remember crossing all this deadfall with uh, Dan one time in Idaho, and I mean, our pants and everything black. And from crossing and snapping, I mean, it just like the inside of our legs and knees were just black and blue, you know? I mean, just like yeah, from just getting beat on from this deadfall. And we, we were in the dark getting back to camp. We got back to camp and he's like, man, he's like, that really sucked. I was like, I had a fucking great time. I was like, I love, I was like at home for fun. Sometimes me and my friends will just hit each other with rolling pins right against the knee. Pretty much like what we just did there. I'm like, I love that. I'm like, what do you mean? You did? He looked at me and he's just like, what? I was like, oh, you didn't have fun? That was awesome. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm like, I was fucking miserable. I was yeah, terrible. That sucked. Yeah, but like we laughed about it. Like the whole, like that whole night we, we laughed about that. Because he's like, when you looked at me, I was like, oh, I had a fucking great time. You didn't have fun doing that? He's like, I was like, he's high. What? What? What do you mean? It was that fun. I'm like, <laughs> we were so bruised up, dude. Our legs, our knee. I mean, you know, that deadfall is so unforgiving, like slipping and falling. And I mean, just you, everything's charcoaled. You're black. I mean, every, yeah. it's just, there's, there, there's nothing fun about it. <laughs> I mean, it's just literally like, it'd be like if I just took a rolling pin right now and just beat the shit out of your legs and your kneecaps. <laughs> and then was like, did you have fun? Was that fun? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And all, all deadfall, I found, like, is at an awkward height where I can't go underneath it, but can't. my legs are too short to just right. step over. Right, like, right, right. You know, go, dragging my it's balls across the top six of two, it. It's built for guys that are 6'2", 6'3", not 5'10", like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, then yeah, my cousin Mason, who you met last night, he just, like, whoom, yeah, sits, yeah, steps over the top Yeah, he's 6'3", and has a stride that's like a freaking horse, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, his hips go up to my shoulder. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah, his your whole body's a leg his leg. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh man. At this point I I wish I was taller. But yeah. yeah, man, that's that's all the that's all the fun of the adventure. We you know, laugh say fun because it's like it's really not fun, like at the time. Like it, it does suck. A lot oh, of yeah, it does. That, yeah, there's but a lot like, of a lot just, of moments that you're in that you hate. Yeah. But then you look back and like you said, you're like, That was fun somehow, in a way. I wanna go do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, Clint, I think uh, I think this about wraps this one up. I hope that everyone gets uh, pretty pumped up from this. I mean, I, I know I was getting excited just talking yeah. to you. You know, we kind of came into this one not with not with a whole you know a lot of plan as far as what we were going to discuss. No. Um, Come into this straight off of 
a long night of drinking beer. Let's just be honest. Yeah, we, we did. We did. Very foggy yeah, mind very this morning. Foggy cloudy. Mind. Woke up and was like, you want a podcast? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. This is what we needed. Something that wasn't real hard to think about. Things we were just telling yep. stories about it. And I think and I think a lot of people listen to this and be like, wow, after listening to that, I don't ever want to fucking hunt a backcountry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's our plan. That, so that is our get, plan. Get people yeah. out of there. Yeah, realistically, archery hunting's lame. Backcountry hunting, lame. I would never go hunt mule deer. They're stupid. Yeah, they're dumb. Yeah, they're dumb. They're dumb. They're too easy to kill anyways, I heard. Yeah, that's all. God. It, anymore, it's just like, I'm like, really? You're going to give me another <laughs> mule deer tag, Colorado? Yeah. Oh, God, okay, I guess I'll go kill another 190. That's like my 18th one. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, all right, Clint, where can people find some more information on you and uh, check out some of your bullshit? Pornhub. <laughs> no, um, so, Peterson's bow hunting, you'll find me in there, right? Full time for them. Me and my, me and my main man, well, me and Bo's main man, uh, Christian Berg, love working with those guys. Uh, Casper Clint on Instagram, Clint Casper on Facebook. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of the, I guess, what did you call me the one time? A podcast whore? Well, podcast whore, Podcast yeah. whore, yeah. So a lot of podcasts with Bo and uh, all the homies over at Working Class Bow Hunter, Kurt and the gang, and Brian Barney. I just did a good one with him uh, over at Eastman's Elevated. So, yeah, I kind of bounce around, you know, with kind of. What's good, though, is like all years are different. Like they're not, I don't like bringing on guests that are like go through everyone's podcast, but like there's not. Any yeah. two years that are yep. talking about the same thing, and I think that's important. Well, and it's cool too because like all you guys like know each other and are like buddies and friends. Yeah, I mean like yeah. it's kind of like the whole like my circles like the whole everyone I podcast with is kind of like you know like they're all sort of like connected. So it's fun to yeah yeah. I, I guess I get passed around. I'm not gonna lie, I get passed yeah. around. I get passed used, like abused. I do. Take it like a champ. I do. I know it's it's a damn shame. You know uh. it's it's a damn shame. It's like sometimes I'm just like, hey, could could we not pull my hair so hard and just be a little nicer on me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clint. Well, you have to get back and I do do some work on the farm. I do. I got a bunch of uh, I got six or seven uh, loads of straw. It's got to get unloaded this afternoon, and I need to go pull a few cards, shoot the bow. I need to finish an article up for Christian that was due like a week ago that he's probably mad about. Sorry, so, Christian. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> I can hear him now. Instead of out drinking all night last night with Bo, you probably should have finished that article. Yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you, Clint. Thanks, Bo. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.